The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. And uh, dig in to the passage that we looked at with the kids and, and just talk about that idea of that appearance to the shepherds. And I just want to point out a, a couple things in there in regards to that as, as we look at that story. Um, to do that, we'll go ahead and briefly look at the story again and, and just read through. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good... <laughs> Sorry, anybody tempted to do their little parts as we go through here? I, I thought I heard one person work that in there. That's why that was kind of weird there. Okay, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and there will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And there will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. And suddenly there was a great, I'm sorry, there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened with which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her, uh, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it is, had been told them. I want to go back and just highlight just a couple of these phrases from this passage with you. And the first one is that idea of good news. Have you ever had the privilege of just you have some news that you can't wait to tell anybody? I always thought, some of you, I don't know if this still happens or not. Does Ed, Ed McMahon still show up at people's house with a check from Reader's Digest? I always thought that would be a great job to have. Think how happy you'd make people walking in with this giant check or whatever like that. I always thought, you know, if you could just show up, or even a doctor who gets to say, uh, you're having a baby and it's a boy, you know, and, and whatever like that. I thought, man, what great news, you know, to celebrate, to get to give that, that news. It really is fun to share great news. And I got to think the angels might have been like, hey, I'd, I'd like to go share that. I got some good news of great joy. I had one chance uh, that I remember in my life. It goes back a while ago, but it was the week before Christmas. I was on a, a staff of about six other pastors. And I think if you rank the pastors one through six, I was seven, you know, like that. I had just gotten there. But uh, the week before Christmas, uh, they had a lady that uh, was part of the church family that some folks had taken some gifts over to her and her family. She was a single mom. And when they went there, they found out that she was in danger of being kicked out of her home, that she was uh, behind on her rent. So one of the other pastors told me, hey, Dan, uh, come on, why don't we get to go over and uh, we're going to take her a check. We have like three months worth of rent uh, that we can give her that she's going to give to our landlord. So we went over there. I still remember this was in South Bend over on Blaine Street. Some of you know where that is on the west side. And we went over there and my, the other pastor and I had this check to give her. And we went and we knocked on the door and we, we thought for sure she was home. Car was up front. Nobody answered. 
And uh, so we pounded a little harder. We rapped on the window. I went around back and rapped on the window. Now, this was BCP, before cell phones. Uh, so we were kind of stuck as to exactly what to do there, and nobody was answering the door. So we finally gave up. We went back to church and gave her a call. And she said, oh, that was you? She said, I'm so sorry. I thought it was the landlord. And uh, but we, we wanted to surprise her. It didn't quite work out that well. But I want you to remember this phrase as you think about this. Because some of the times the reason why we don't respond to Jesus Christ is we don't know why he came. So I want you to remember this phrase. Jesus didn't come to collect the rent. He came to pay the bill. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Jesus came, and sometimes we miss this in Christmas with, all, with the baby and, of course, all the fanfare that goes with Christmas. We miss what was going on there. God sent his son. And the reason why Jesus came, well, he came to show us a better way. He definitely showed us a better way. Well, he came, uh, you know, to, uh, to demonstrate to people how they could get to heaven. No, he didn't do that at all. What he did is he came to die. That's what the Bible says very plainly. He came to lay down his life. And that's the good news they get to proclaim. But don't miss the fact that Jesus came and the good news he didn't come to collect the rent. He came to pay the bill, the bill for our sin, the cost of our sin. He came to lay down his life in that. A second um, phrase, actually not from the Scripture, this one, but something that I want you to think about with me today is this idea. Our friend in the video was just talking about the shepherds. And um, one of the things about, uh, the, he talked about the sheep being dumb, but I don't know if you're aware of this too. The profession of shepherd back in those days not high on the totem pole. In fact, it was about as low as you could get. Uh, shepherds were not even allowed to give any type of testimony in court. They weren't allowed because they lied. Uh, they were not considered to be um, in any way respectable. They were the, as low as you could get. But when I think of a manger scene, when I think of that first Christmas, I think, first of all, we have the lowest and then later on, the wise men uh, are coming a couple years later, but we, we have the highest. But we get that idea that there is nobody whose sin is too great. I, I mentioned recently because I've heard folks say this. They said, uh, boy, I just hope God wants me, and I hope I'm good enough for God. And I want to tell you that God does want you. I want to tell you that uh, he came for, you don't know my sin. You don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't, but he does. And what I want to tell you is he came for the, those who think they have it all together, they may not even know they need him. He came for those who don't have it all together and they know it. He came to forgive them. And a second idea that I wanted to share with you about from the highest to lowest is just to think about how he came from the highest level of heaven to the lowest level of earth. This is from a book by Max Licato. Uh, and it is written, if you would imagine with me, this, these are the words that Max imagined that an angel standing by the, by the manger might say as he visited the baby Jesus. The angel might say this, so this is Emmanuel. So this is God's gift, a Savior. He shall save his people from their sins. Worthy is the Lamb. Then I knelt before God. My heart was full. I turned to Mary as she cradled the child and I spoke. It didn't matter that she couldn't hear me. The stars could. All of nature could. And most of all, I knew my king could. Do you know who you hold, Mary? You secure the author of grace. He who is ageless is now moments old. He who is limitless now depends on you. He who strides upon the stars now has legs too weak to walk. 
The hands which held the oceans are now the infant's fists. To him who has never asked a question, you will teach the name of the wind. The source of language will learn words from you. He who has never stumbled, you will carry. He who has never hungered, you will feed. The king of creation is in your arms. And each Christmas, I like to take a little time just to remember the extent, I guess you could say, of the journey. I like to remember why he came. He came to lay down his life. The extent to which he came from the highest to the lowest. One other phrase in this passage, or actually a few different words here. The Bible says that all who heard wondered. That Mary treasured up. It was interesting that word up in there. She treasured what was said. But the idea of treasuring up means she kind of gathered it together. She treasured it up. She stored some things up there and pondered in their hearts. So, originally the angel had come to Mary and she said, That which is in you is the Son of God. So she must, could this be true? Could this really be true that God's son, that I'm to bear God's son? I mean, she knew it was miraculous, but she's beginning now to ponder this up and treasure these things up and put them all together. A little bit later, she had a visit from her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth said that she was the mother of her Lord. She said, the Lord? This is the Lord? Could this really be Lord? Is that how this is? And then, of course, the angel is telling her now that this one, this newborn child is the Savior. Christmas Sunday every year has great memories for me, and, I, and I'm sorry to say that if that is not the case for you, but the Sunday before Christmas has always been wonderful because I go back to, <laughs> wow, a long time ago, I go back to when I was 14 years old. On a Christmas Sunday morning, for the first time ever, I went to a church. I, I'd been to church before, but I'd been to churches where all I can remember is they all stood up and read the same thing and said the same things. I didn't really know what was going on. But for the first time, I went to a place where somebody talked uh, from the Scriptures and told me that God had sent His Son into the world to love me. First time I'd ever heard that. And I remember the, the pastor preached the story from uh, Luke chapter 2. And I remember so clearly him using this phrase. He said there was no room in the inn, and he would, he would take his fist, and he, he didn't have a wimpy hand like me. He had a big old fist, and he pounded on the pulpit in front of him, and he said there's a knock on the door, but some of you are telling Jesus there's no room. Some of you are telling Jesus you don't have space for him in your life. And uh, I can still remember him saying that. Well, that afternoon we went home, and I probably put on some football games. I'm not sure what the afternoon held. But in the evening, my parents, we were, the, God had lit a fire in a, under of, a, of, a, of a, just a hunger. And we weren't used to going to church at all. And they said, hey, there's another church that we passed on the way to church this morning. And they're having church tonight. Let's go. And 14-year-old boy, kind of weird, but I thought, okay, uh, we'll go. I remember because that night the sermon that was preached was called No Vacancy. And the preacher was saying the same thing. He said, some of you don't have room for Jesus in your life. Uh, you've kind of given the no vacancy sign. And that night, again, you know, my wife makes fun of me because I remember weird things. But I remember this so clearly. I remember that night we came home. Family was over. We played Twister. I remember that. Uh, I also remember we had ham barbecue sandwiches. And I remember I was only allowed this once a year, but I was allowed to share in an adult beverage at 14 years old. It was called a Shirley Temple. Uh, my, I wasn't a very bright child, and mom would throw a cherry in a glass of ginger ale and say, here, this is once a year for you. Uh, and I thought it was a big deal, and I, re I remember all that, and then I remember sitting around talking with my family that night, and my brother had, be, had, had trusted the Lord and become a Christian. 
and he was talking to us about what it meant to know Christ as personal Savior, to know forgiveness of sin and know Him. And I remember this so well because after everybody went to bed, I was sleeping out in the family room because they had taken my bed, my brother and his wife, and I was sleeping in an old lounge chair from outside that had these pads on it covered in green terry cloth. I can still see them because I remember, like Mary did, I started to ponder some things. And I thought, the Son of God, is this? I'd heard about Jesus. You know, you hear about Jesus living in America. Most everybody knows about it. But for the first time, I started to realize that he loved me. I started to understand that he had died for me, even though I didn't deserve it in his mercy. I started to realize that this was God intervening for me so that I wouldn't have to pay the price for my sin. Jesus already paid it. I remembered, too, that as Lord, this was going to change my life. (laughs) Something was happening. I didn't know exactly what was happening, but my life was going to never be the same. And, uh, and he was calling me to, to making him Lord of my life, and he would give my life purpose. He would give my life accountability. And, uh, and I was going through this in my mind. And then also just to remember that he indeed is also Savior. And I realized in that word that I needed saving. <laughs> That's what a Savior does. I needed, I, I didn't have a hope beyond this life. I needed that. I didn't have a peace with God. I knew I needed that. I didn't know what it meant to have forgiveness of sin. I know I, I knew then that I needed to trust Him for that forgiveness of sin. I knew I needed a Savior. I knew I needed a rescue. And like Mary pondered, and like Mary treasured up, I remember that night I kind of did that. I processed all these different things. Son of God that loves me. Savior who died for me. Lord who will be King and ruler of my life and authority in my life. And I remember that night getting beside a chaise lounge and saying, God, <laughs> I'm not even sure what I'm praying, but boy, do I know I need you. And, I, and boy, do I know that I need forgiveness of sin. So we're going to uh, we're gonna worship the Lord a little, little bit more. Um, we have a couple uh, worship songs uh, left in the program here, and we're going to celebrate him some more. But I wanted to share that with you because uh, I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. Maybe... The reason why you have never opened the door to Jesus in your life is because you've kind of seen him as the one who's come to collect the rent. Okay? And I want to make sure that you understand he didn't come to collect the rent. He came to pay the price for our sin. And even as we sing these closing songs, I want to invite you to, to maybe say, okay, I want to treasure this up. I want to store this up. I want to think about this. I'll be up here in the front as we sing, and if anybody would like to talk to somebody more about that, uh, please come up, and I'll introduce you to somebody who can share more about this Jesus. Uh, If not, maybe just in your seat, ask God to help you use this time to kind of process and ponder what's going on. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back up. And um, I know uh, the first song is a little bit more, you want to say, contemplative, that will help us think through I think that's the song that uh, Rachel's going to lead us in. And then we're going to end by proclaiming the name of Jesus, uh, speaking, speaking Jesus. <laughs> I was amused a little bit. There's a, uh, in that song, there's the words presence, uh, the presence of God. And uh, I heard Adam say, <laughs> I was in the back, and I heard Adam say, well, that makes it a Christmas song. Um, and Daniel was standing beside me. He said, uh, not to mention Jesus is... <laughs> 
<laughs> in there too. Uh, but we're going to end the service by proclaiming Jesus after we take a little, little bit of time. A song that uh, also we can worship Him and praise Him together. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.